0: Welcome to Music History Monday for November second, twenty twenty. My name is Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Dmitri Shostakovich and his String Quartet Number Eight in C Minor, Opus One Ten, of nineteen sixty. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at Patreon.com/slash/RobertGreenbergMusic where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. I'm doing something today that I have never done before in Music History Monday, and which I hope I will never have to do again. I explain. November 2nd is not a day bereft of musical events. For example... November 2nd, 1739, saw the birth in Vienna of the composer and violinist Carl Ditters von Dittersdorf, who was a friend of Beethoven's and who went on to become the concertmaster of the Esterhazy Orchestra. November 2nd, 1752, saw the birth of Count Andrei Kirilovich Razumovsky in St. Petersburg. In 1792, Count Razumovsky became the Russian ambassador to the Austrian court in Vienna. It was as a resident of Vienna that he formed his own house string quartet and commissioned Beethoven to compose three quartets for his Razumovsky string quartet. Those quartets would be Opus 59, Numbers 1, 2, and 3. Beethoven further immortalized Razumovsky, by dedicating both his symphonies number five and six to the Count. On this day, in 1984, the Reverend Marvin Gaye Sr. was given a suspended six year sentence and probation for shooting and killing his son, the singer and songwriter Marvin Gaye, 1939 to 1984. Initially charged with first degree murder, the charges were reduced to voluntary manslaughter when it was discovered that the good reverend had a brain tumor. On this day in 2002, police busted an international gang that was plotting to kidnap former Spice Girl Victoria Beckham, born 1974, and her two young children. The plan was to ransom Ms. Beckham and her kids for five million pounds. With all due respect to Karl Ditters von Dittersdorf, Count Andrei Razumovsky, Victoria Beckham and Marvin Gaye Sr., not one of their stories comes close to resonating with the gut-searing emotions we're likely all presently feeling in anticipation of tomorrow's election. As my long-term readers are aware, despite my own deeply held political beliefs, I have never discussed electoral politics on these pages. I want my site to be a safe haven for everyone. But I cannot pretend that the next few days will not change the world as we know it, and thus I cannot offer up escapist fluff about, say, Carl Ditters von Dittersdorf beyond observing that his name is really fun to say. So, for this once... I'm going outside the usual purview of Music History Monday to discuss a work that captures all the angst I, we, are feeling today. Shostakovich's String Quartet No. 8 in C minor of 1960. On October 2, 1960, 60 years and one month ago today, Dmitri Shostakovich's String Quartet number 8 in C minor received its premiere at Glinka Hall in what was then Leningrad and what is today St. Petersburg. It is one of his greatest works and the story behind it is absolutely fascinating. We begin with the official Soviet storyline, the party line behind the quartet. In early July, of 1960, Shostakovich was trundled up and sent off to the then East German city of Dresden. Dresden had been reduced to cinders and some 25,000 people killed in a firebombing conducted by the air forces of Great Britain and the United States on February 13th, 14th and 15th of 1945. Shostakovich had been sent to Dresden to tour the still devastated city and, so inspired, write the score for a Cold War propaganda film entitled Five Days, Five Nights. The film excoriated the West for its wanton destruction of the city and celebrated the entirely fictitious pretense that heroic Red Army troops entered the city and saved its artistic treasures. Yeah, in fact, the Red Army, under the command of Marshal Georgi Konstantinovich Zhukov, 1896 to 1974, was still some 50 miles to the east when Dresden was bombed. It wasn't until nearly two months later on May 8th, 1945, that the Red Army finally marched into Dresden. Back to Shostakovich. Instead of writing the film score as he had been instructed to do, he sat down and turned out his 8th string quartet in an astonishing three days, composing it on July 12th, 13th, and 14th, 1960. The quartet was officially proclaimed to be a memorial to the destruction of Dresden and its people and an indictment of the Westerners who brought about that destruction. Right. Here's the real story behind the Quartet. Between 1936 and 1960, Shostakovich had a major Communist Party-inspired crisis every twelve years. In 1936, it was the appearance of the Muddle Instead of Music article in response to his opera, Lady Macbeth of the Mtsensk District, and his subsequent Near Purge. In 1948, it was his censure and subsequent blacklisting at the hands of Andrei Zhdanov and the Central Committee of the Communist Party. 1960 saw another such commie crisis. During the late 1950s, the Soviet authorities increasingly used Shostakovich as an artistic figurehead to represent the presumably free post-Stalin Soviet artistic community. In 1960, it was decided that Shostakovich would become the head, the first secretary, of the newly founded RSFSR, the Russian Union of Composers. It was a huge honor one that would make Shostakovich once and for all untouchable and of equal importance, would guarantee the safety and success of his children, his daughter Galina, then 24 years old, and his son Maxim, 22 years old. However, there was a catch. To take the position, Shostakovich had to join the Communist Party something he had long sworn he would never ever, under any circumstances, do. Well, he joined, telling his friends that he signed the papers while under the influence of alcohol, SUI, signing under the influence. For months afterwards, Shostakovich was hysterical with self-loathing for having joined the party. Lev Lebedinsky, a musicologist, folklorist and friend of Shostakovich recalled, quote, I will never forget some of the things he said that night before his induction into the party, sobbing hysterically. I'm scared to death of them. You don't know the whole truth. From childhood, I've always had to do things I didn't want to do. I've been a whore. I am and always will be a whore. He often lashed at himself in strong words, unquote. Through all the years of Stalin and the terror, Shostakovich had always been able to comfort himself with the thought that he'd never made things easier on himself by joining the Communist Party, something he refused to do because, as he was wont to say, quote, the party kills, unquote. But now, in 1960, seven years after Stalin's death, Shostakovich was being co-opted to put his stamp of approval on the new Communist Party. As Julian Barnes writes, quote, And now, finally, after the great fear was over, they had come for his soul, unquote. Shostakovich's great friend, Isaac Glickman, remembered, quote, Early on the morning of June 29, 1960, Dmitri Dmitrievich rang and asked me to come and see him immediately. When I glanced at him, I was struck by his suffering, his confused expression. He hurriedly led me into the bedroom and limply sank onto the bed and started crying, weeping out loud. In horror, I wondered if something dreadful had happened to a member of his family. In response to my questions, he mumbled through his tears, they have been hounding me, they have been pursuing me. I had never seen Dmitri Dmitrievich in such a state. He was quite hysterical. I gave him a glass of cold water, which he drank with his teeth chattering, and he gradually calmed down. About an hour later, he took hold of himself sufficiently to tell me that he had been forced by Pospolov, that would be Peter Pospolov, Soviet propagandist and former editor-in-chief of Pravda, and Khrushchev to join the party. Unquote. Shostakovich's deeply tragic String Quartet number 8 was completed two weeks later, on July 14th, Bastille Day, 1960. It is most certainly not a response to Dresden, but rather a response to his crisis over having to join the Communist Party. Five days after he completed the quartet, Shostakovich wrote Isaac Glickman, quote, I've finished an ideologically deficient quartet that nobody needs. I reflected that when I die, it's not likely anyone will write a quartet dedicated to my memory, so I decided to write it myself. You could even write on the cover, dedicated to the memory of the composer of this quartet, There's more than just black humor to this statement. According to Lev Lebedinsky, 1904 to 1992, Shostakovich intended his eighth string quartet to be his final work, as he then planned to commit suicide. Lebedinsky wrote, quote, Shostakovich purchased a large number of sleeping pills. He played the quartet to me on the piano and told me with tears in his eyes that it was his last work. I managed to remove the pills from his jacket pocket and gave them to his son, Maxime. I pleaded with him, not to let his father out of his sight. During the next few days, I spent as much time as possible with Shostakovich until I felt the danger of suicide had passed, unquote. For our information, Shostakovich's son, Maxim, born 1938, denies Lebedinsky's claim regarding the sleeping pills. Towing the party line, Shostakovich dedicated his Eighth Quartet, quote, to the memory of the victims of fascism and war, unquote. In fact, Shostakovich's Eighth Quartet is dedicated to a particular victim of war, namely Dmitry Shostakovich himself and the war for his own soul. The Eighth Quartet is, in fact, an entirely autobiographical work, and how do we know that? The autobiographical giveaway is in the four-note motive, or melodic fragment, that powers the entire quartet. D, E flat, C, B. D, E flat, C, B. In the same letter to Isaac Glickman, quoted but moments ago, Shostakovich wrote, in reference to the quartet, quote, the main theme is my monogram, D, S, C, B. H. That is, my initials in German. In German notation, an E-flat is an S, and an H is a B natural. The opening of the deeply tragic first movement and the conclusion to the equally pained fifth and final movement consists of nothing but Shostakovich's musical monogram, D-E-flat-C-B. In fact, the Shostakovich motive appears prominently in each one of the quartet's five movements. Hello? You cannot be more explicit than that. Loud and clear, Shostakovich is saying that this string quartet is about me, what I've seen, what I've heard, and what I've felt. His letter to Isaac Glickman continues, quote, the quartet makes use of themes from my works and the revolutionary song tormented by grievous bondage. My own themes are the following, from the First Symphony, the Eighth Symphony, the Piano Trio number no. 2, the First Cello Concerto, and Lady Macbeth. Fogner's Funeral March from Gotterdammerung and the second theme from the first movement of Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony are also hinted at. And I forgot, there's also a theme from my Tenth Symphony. Quite something, this, this little miscellany. The pseudo-tragedy of the quartet is so great that while composing it, my tears flowed as abundantly as urine after downing half a dozen beers. On arrival home, I have tried playing it twice and have shed tears again, Yeah, look, we can identify these themes until we're blue in the ears. The larger points are, one, but these quotations are seamlessly woven into the fabric of the quartet, the whole infinitely greater and more compelling than the quotations themselves. And two, taken altogether, the ubiquitous Shostakovich motive, when combined with the quotations, creates a virtual retrospective of Shostakovich's life and music. The fact that he had to disguise what the quartet really meant, what it was really all about, is an example of the sort of duplicity necessary for artistic survival in the Soviet Union. On just these lines, Lev Lebedinsky observed, quote, Shostakovich was the only Soviet composer who expressed his hatred of the totalitarian regime in his music. Often, he was compelled for the purpose of self-defense, to disguise his music and his views. As a result, he was often misunderstood, even by those who shared his attitudes. Their lack of understanding and unjust accusations caused him considerable pain. Unquote. Shostakovich's String Quartet No. 8 is among his most deeply felt and very greatest works and has been considered such since its premiere on October 2, 1960. The pianist Heinrich Gustavovich Neuhaus, attended the premiere and afterwards wrote, quote, It is music of absolute genius. I was shaken and cried. Unquote. Shostakovich's eighth quartet is, for better or for worse, music for our time. Thank you. To sample and download one or all Of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.